Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Sword Screen Podcast, where we see new movies and then talk about them uh, with each other, and then sometimes other people listen. Uh, if they choose, I don't make them yet. My name is Robbie Anderson. I'm your hostess with the mostest. Before we get started, this is not the only podcast on Story Screen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. If you listen to this, you can check out our, our other podcasts where we cover movie, other movies, uh, new and old. We cover TV, do all kinds of shit. We also have a movie theater. Um, that's where we saw this movie. But uh, yeah, so go on our website, support us there, go to our movie theater. But we're here to talk about this new this new joint. But before we get into that one other thing, I'm joined by Jack Kolodzetsky. How are you? Hello, Robbie. I'm good. How are you? Great. Chilling. That's good. I'm also chilling. What yeah. do you got? You got a little... Uh... This is uh yeah, plug for... Uh, oh. This is Trax Coffee Roasters in, in oh, New York. And you got some of the whiskey? Distillery. Yes. collabed on a co- uh, Sumatran coffee whiskey i think it's robert you didn't version. you didn't tell me this that was we were going for a whiskey sort of vibe i have i would have cracked mine out i'm sorry i'm i'm born for whiskey vibes i only i know that's now. that's true that's i should like have assumed ahead of time yeah. i only do whiskey vibes but yeah maybe, I, uh, maybe at the break i'll, I'll go uh fetch me yeah, one as well go get, get get a freshie going it is saturday and i just got out of work so i'm ready to to burb up and this is up. you know this is a, a movie that I would say bears sitting at a desk and drinking a glass of whiskey. Yeah, I left my journal elsewhere. My I journal's right here. My, I'm I'm, I'm writing my, my deepest, darkest thoughts in darkest, right now. Darkest yeah. feelings. While I'm, while you're while you talk, I write my, my saddest, darkest thoughts. Yeah, in. your your inner monologue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> about your time doing I've got one year. I'm I'm mostly listening to what you're saying, but I'm yeah, also yeah, jotting yeah. down no, some like yeah, yeah. It's cool. We're on the same page. Uh <laughs> Jack, Jack, we uh we are here to discuss, to do a hot take on uh, a movie written and directed by Paul Schrader, uh, a movie called The Card Counter, starring Oscar Isaac, teen heartthrob, as Mike Burge likes to say for all yep, actors. Sure. Uh, teen heartthrob, Oscar Isaac. You may remember him from other movies. He's been Poe Dameron. Uh, that's, that's the stuff. He's that in Star Wars. And who's that? who's that? Who's that? He's a... Uh... He's That's, uh, oh in Star Wars. He flies the the plane. In he the doesn't new have Star a, Wars. He doesn't have a sword. No sword. No. His yeah. grandpa is the Emperor, though, if I remember correctly. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Sure. If I remember, if I remember Rise of Skywalker correctly, the, his, All right. his his pappy, his grandpappy. Um. Yeah. So we're this is a new Paul Schrader joint. Uh. He did. He loves writing. And directing movies about, you know, dudes and uh-huh. their journals in yep. rooms. Just mostly men journaling is like Just the, mostly the men core. <laughs> yeah, the core thematic similarity between his movies. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this movie is not too, not to spoil anything, this movie is not too different from his other films. It's pretty in line with them. Um, yeah, I think you know what you're getting into get if into. you're seeing a Paul yeah. Schrader movie. Maybe at this point. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I uh, I was surprised at how in store I was when I was watching it. But Jack, what is your what's your hot take on the card counter? So, Robbie, you maybe remember famously two years ago famously. when first famously. I feel like this is part of my this is part of my story screen lore, right? Yeah. You and Mike had told me multiple times you had seen this film before me i'm talking about first no performed. no we, we watched Schrader's. first performed at the same time remember no you and i, I watched w- it together on your couch in your living room i have a different memory but that's neither here nor there is that yeah. true <laughs> I, my I'm memory's not good I'm, my memory I is not really i remember tell we, you that. we finished it and i was like i really like that movie and then your Joker I, origin story. Began. So yeah. So okay. So this was a movie that okay. Maybe then I'm misremembering, and that's that's fine. You know, it's not that relevant. I've, I've done that damage to my own brain. So uh, Mike had told me then that this was a a certified Jack movie. TM TM. Um, so and I'm talking about First Reformed, and I went into First Reformed kind of like with probably um, unfair expectations and. First Reform did not hit for me. I know it did hit for you, and it definitely hit for Mike. It did not hit for me in the way that I was hoping it to. 
which was a bummer for me. More than anything, that was just a bummer for me. Because, like, you know, when I hear there's a movie that I'm really going to like, I want to really like it. But if it doesn't hit for me, what can I do, right? Um, yeah. It is I'm it. here to tell you today, Robert, that not only did the card counter hit for me, I'm pretty sure this is my favorite movie of the year. Damn. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What, um... We're in the spoiler-free zone of sure. this podcast, but what about the? What are some of the things about the movie that really hit for you? Without going into sp- hardcore specifics, sure. Um, there is. So, I'm going to like get into this in the spoiler-free zone by relating it to the things that did not work for me. I guess for for first reformed. Because they're very similar movies. Like, I feel like these movies are, like, like very, very closely relate, related. Thematically, they have a lot of similarities. They're playing in different um, uh, spaces, I guess. But, like, thematically, you know, we joked about, like, men writing in their diaries in a yeah. very, very <laughs> bleak room. Like, something about First Reformed... Um, and kind of, like, the the climate change sort of, like plot line just didn't hit for me something about the card counter and the subject matter that the card counter is dealing with and i'm not even going to get directly into that but like yeah that's a that's a spoiler the, i would say the way that that paul schrader is is putting together a movie about the one subject that is kind of wrapped around a very different um and much more important subject uh in the same way that like in first reformed it's like a priest and climate change like first reformed is a, about as much about being a priest as the card counter is about playing blackjack or poker right and there is a coarseness to that and the way that it portrays those things that i just think has so much like richness and texture to it and the way that it's like it is an ugly movie it's a coarse movie in a way that I just, I just fucking loved, man. It just, I don't know. It just spoke to me. I, I really so, am very hot on this movie. So a lot of like what you're saying is working for you in this movie is like the kind of like um, the kind of like reveal, like the real like a uh, thematic epicenter of the film. Kind of what like this movie is really Isaac's about. Like trauma is really about, and sure. then also like the. The technical aspect of the movie or like the settings that the movie takes place in these like dingy casinos, things like that. These bleak tables. Those are some of the things that are really hitting for you in this flick. Yeah. And there's something about the way that all of that stuff is portrayed in like a light that is just honest. Like, this is a very honest movie. Yeah, there is nothing. This is 21. This movie is not, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) there is no glam. And I've heard people talk about this movie is like it's it looks so flat. It looks almost like amateurish because because of the lighting and like. No, oh, I, disagree. I disagree there for sure. No, I'm only repeating like things no, no, I've heard no, no. people I mean, say. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. that because critique. it is it yeah. is so intentional mm-hmm. what it's doing. And I think that intention and something about and, and, and I, I see this criticism like what he's doing here is very uh, blunt, you know, in a way that is that is coarse and crass, but like. I just love that shit so much. And I really think this, this, it just hit for me, man. I just felt this one. No, that's fair. Uh, my hot take on the movie. Uh, I'm kind of like, I'm like, uh, you a few years ago with first reform. This movie did not necessarily hit for me. Yeah. Um, the things about first reform that I really like, you know, what, what it's, what it's like core, you know, like it's existential, climate dread that the movie's wrestling with and then also like challenging uh ethan hawk's character a priest and challenging his faith uh for me narratively has a lot more connective through lines and tissues uh in my interpretation of first performance plot is that it is very much about being a priest because it's very much about like challenging your faith like the movie to me is about challenging your faith not only in like your religion and your god but in your even in your own planet in your own safety and by presenting this 
uh, younger character to Ethan Hawke where he's trying to tell him that everything's going to be all right. And then you have this character, you know, spoilers are first reformed, like, do, like do just what his version of like the ultimate sacrifice is, challenging Ethan Hawke's face. Ethan Hawke's faith in kind of like radicalizing him as a character was an arc that really stuck with me even till now. Like I really, really like what First Reform is doing. For me and the card counter, I feel like I really, on a technical level, really dig the movie. Like its bells and whistles, I think, really shine. Like I really like its settings. Like you said, like we discussed, like, I really like how non-glamorous like the tables are. Like like even when he's doing like the highest stakes games, like it's pretty fucking dingy. And I really like that aspect yeah, of this. I really I, like the it, settings. There's um <laughs> I watched this movie for the first today I watched this movie for the second time uh yeah. at the theater. But I watched this movie for the first time um with a couple of our mutual friends, uh Joa and uh Joa and Nan. Joa no. <laughs> Noah and John. Um and Noah said, like, he brought up how the World Series of Poker, you know, a real thing, like, has yeah. its name all over this movie. And he's like, oh, man, like, there's so much, like, advertising for World Series of Poker. And I was like, dude, can you imagine if World Series of Poker paid this production advertising money and this is what they gave them? They'd be, be tight, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they would be pissed. <laughs> be Which pissed. I hope more than anything else that that's true. I hope that World that Series of Poker funded this movie because what they gave them. <laughs> yeah. It's not that. Oh, man. Um, it is not I, glamorous. It I looks really, like shit. Yeah. I mean, it, like, you know, there are times like, you know, you have like, m- you know, macro lens close ups of like the table, like super early on in the movie. And that looks really fucking cool. And like they find the, they find a way to make all this stuff look really cool. And I really I really like the score and soundtrack. Dude, in this does movie. it look cool? No, I think I, think I disagree. Cool. I think, think it, it looks, looks like actively shit? not cool, and that's well, the point. I think I guess the the choice of it I I jive with, but yeah, I think on a technical level, no, it's it's the, it's hold on, that's the okay. that's the fine line, right? It's like yeah. it's cool because it's actively not cool, yeah. on purpose. The fact I that he's so. showing this stuff, looking as just bleak and yeah. and desperate and sad and flat and mundane that makes it cool that's how i see it i yeah i feel that i mean like you know there are times where they're doing like close-ups of like people doing like you know just the going through the like the mechanical motions of like flipping cards and dealing and stuff like that that stuff i thought was really cool i really like the score and the soundtrack like i mentioned before uh i think oscar isaac is just fucking just he just murders every scene he's in. He's acting yeah. so he's so good at acting. It kind of makes everyone else look like fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, he I will just, well, he crushes these people. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh he is that's the thing. He is very cool. And like I think on yeah. purpose to me there was a a high contrast between like like every fit that Oscar Isaac has in this movie is so fucking tight. Yeah, like every like that. leather jacket, fucking shirt, his pants, his like tie, slick back hair with like the tight grays in there. He looks like the coolest motherfucker in the planet yeah. in every scene that he's in. And he's in a space where Ty Sheridan looks like the dingiest greaseball motherfucker you've <laughs> ever seen in your life. Yeah. And even like Tiffany Haddish is like, I like her character, but like she has, she's putting on this like glitz and glam. And then every other person that's involved in these celebrity poker tournaments is a fucking clown. Like on purpose. They're all clowns. And like, there's something I think that speaks to just like how handsome of a man Oscar Isaac is. So he has that advantage. But like the movie, I think, very intentionally makes, or maybe this is just my preference he looks so fucking cool dude yeah no, i couldn't get over cool. how cool oscar isaac looks in this movie <laughs> i think he looks cool the whole time as well but uh yeah i mean my main the thing that kind of like really pulled me out of the of the movie or not even like you know i was in the movie but the things that like just didn't kind of resonate with me or like come together for me is that you know I feel like what this movie's like, what we talked about, like not the twist, but like what this movie's like really about. And it's and not really a twist, yeah. It's no, like, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not a twist. But it's like you in know, the what synopsis the, of the movie, what what the, this movie actually is. 
yeah, what this movie actually is, uh, when faced with like the card counter gambling aspect of the film, uh, to me feels very like dissonant and disconnected. And I feel like at times I was watching like two movies and then one kind of ate the other one. And it just didn't really jive with mm. me on like a uh, narrative level by its like culmination and kind of left me a little disappointed. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, I had a good time watching it and I've been trying to read a lot of like reviews on it, especially positive ones to kind of just see what like other people were getting out of it that I wasn't getting. Cause like, it really mm-hmm. just like, it just, the movie just didn't really speak to me. It didn't um, hit for you. It's yeah, funny. It Cause me. I had the yeah. opposite reaction with first reformed. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how that, how that works. And like, you know, I guess everyone has their favorite man in a room movie, you know, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's the one that speaks to you. And like, I think there's just certain subtleties to this movie that really, I really, really connect with in like a lot of ways. Like, and that's, you know, it's, that's the only way I can really describe it is like, first reform did not make me feel a certain type of way and this movie very much did like i I felt this one yeah and that's why i think it's my mm. my probably my favorite movie of the year is because like i felt this one pretty pretty good pretty hard hey i mean you've seen it twice already so that's yeah that's pretty legit well part of my choice to see it a second time is because again i saw it with two aforementioned friends who were you know we were hanging out having a good time and i wanted to really sit in a theater and I wanted to be the man alone in the room watching this movie. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to focus in. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed watching it, but like it, 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 those elements like kind of pulled me out. I kind of wish like what William Defoe's character ended up being. I kind of wish we had like a little bit more time with him. Uh, Mm. Even though there's some really great moments that we have with him and leading up to, you know, the scenes that we do get more of him, I thought were really strong. And what we do get with him uh, slaps. So, you know, that's just like something that's desirable on my end. Some character relationships didn't like totally make sense to me. We'll talk about that more in spoilers. But yeah, there are just like certain choices that I'm excited to talk about in spoilies that maybe, you know, you can tell me why you really liked it and maybe I can start to come come around on it or, you know, just sure. it'll be, it is what it is, you know? But, uh, but yeah. I, I think... I think before we jump into like the spoilers, I think the things that maybe made those things that you're talking about not work for you are actively what made them work for me because in a lot of ways they don't like, I like they don't make sense. They don't work. They're uncomfortable. They're awkward. There there's, there is like a, a disconnect there. There's like a, there's something, there's something just rough about everything. Like the relationships in this movie and the way that, each of these characters like are acting around each other. There is like a, they don't work. I think that's the point. You know, I think that's what made it work for me is because all of this stuff is so just fucked. Like it doesn't work. And whether that's like an acting thing or like a stylistic choice, maybe that's why it hits for some, for like for me, but not for you. Right. Yeah. Could be. I mean, like, you know, I can kind of, I can get down with, like, Schrader style of, like, having, like, you know, almost, like, awkward, stilted characters and, and moments and, like, you know, like, a lot of, like, like, you watch something like Taxi Driver, you're seeing Robert De Niro's character, like, he's just, like, a fucking weirdo the entire time. And, you know, they and, do a and, good and, job of, like, laying that up of why he is that way. Like, he's a, he, he sleep deprived, he's a little crazy, he has sure. drama, like, you know, it all, it all pans out. In the same way, like, you know, I think Oscar Isaac... I think Oscar Isaac could have been weirder in some dude, ways. Dude, he's, he's a, got some, he's, he's a fucking, fucking weirdo. weirdo, dude. He's a There's weirdo, no, like, no mistake. You know, he's a he fucking it, weirdo. He keeps it uh, when he's in public places. He keeps it on lockdown. Pretty good. Well, he's there's and there's something about this movie, and you mentioned like you like the score. Yeah, I think seeing it the second time, it really connected with me that the score of this there's something. There is a lot of like slow, almost kind of pulsing like bass in this movie mm-hmm. overlaid with like breathing. Like there's not, it's less music and just like someone breathing into a microphone just. And there's something, I think that that soundtrack fits for this movie because there is something that is just seething about this movie and just 
bubbling under the surface. And there is, there is a, uh, uh, in Oscar Isaac's character specifically, there is something just bubbling and roiling under the surface for him at all times. And I think that is so consistent with everything that this movie is doing, like with the tone and the soundtrack and the way it's shot, like everything that just feels it's seething. And for me, that fits thematically with the thing that it's talking about, which is something that America is responsible for that is there and ever present, but is always bubbling under the surface and is not very much actively discussed or out in the open. And I think that's maybe the difference for me with first reformed and this movie, like most people know about climate change and talk about climate change and are at least aware of climate change, even if they're denying climate change actively. Not that many people talk about the U S military black sites and prison uh, torture prisons, like foreign torture prisons. Like, Mm. and in that way, like in the same way that Paul Schrader is rubbing your nose in climate change with first reformed, I feel like he's, he's absolutely doing that right now with like U S war crimes yeah. And that's something that's less like talked about. Maybe that's also why it like hit for me better, you know? Yeah. You knew about torture sites before they were cool. Is <laughs> <laughs> what you're is what you're telling me. <laughs> it's cool to see a movie that also was let's just remember right. this movie was released on the twentieth anniversary of September eleventh. Yeah, fair. That's pretty cool. I don't know if it's cool, but it's well, fucking it's it rocks. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's something, dude. It's it's on purpose. Let's say that much. Like I said, like I I'm I definitely was like way if I, if I go with it, it, from my perspective, my allegory of just like oh, there was like kind of two movies happening, and one ate the other. I'm glad in my perspective, I'm glad one of them ate the the bigger fish one. You know, because yeah. there was more there for me. But uh, it just I, again, like for me, there's just not a ton of like harmony in the movie and yes you can you can give me the this is by design and and i can accept that but it doesn't work for me you know whereas i feel like something like like first reformed when when if using first reformed as this jumping off pad in this like you know immediate comparison which is apt because it's the previous movie in man and rumiverse um i was gonna try and make that there's always there's always a man and a a journal and a glass of whiskey And that's it. No Pepto-Bismol on this one. No. But uh, I, I think there's just something a bit more, at least for me when watching it, that was like a lot more like connective. And like, you know, by having this kind of, uh, I read a review that like, you know, described it as like this like ethical firecracker that's like in both movies, you know, this kind of like explosive Twinkie. That's my, that was mine. They did not say explosive Twinkie. I just made that up. Uh, okay. And I'll give it you to you. Know, it feels like in this movie, the the explosive cream is outside of the twink. I know what I said. And in First Reformed, mm. the explosive cream You prefer cream your... Is inside you, the twink. Yeah, you refer, you refer to... You prefer, I prefer um, my cream pie. Yeah. The cream explodes inside the twink, I inside understand. Inside twink, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's more of a well, maybe we could bite. talk. Maybe we could like unpack that a little bit in the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I have therapy on Tuesday. I probably can mention it. Yeah, yeah. well, too. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll prelude your therapy a little bit there. Prelude my, my Twinkie. Uh, um, well, I think that we've just about squeezed the juice out of this in the spoiler-free zone. So we'll be right back with spoilies for the card counter. Uh, Jack and I are on different pages about it, but I think we both recommend it. So if you have not seen Card Counter yet, uh, check it out because it makes these discussions even more interesting. And even though I wasn't super hot in the movie, I'm very excited to talk about it in specifics. And that's... That's the best part about podcasts, my friends. Sometimes you know, you know me, Robbie. I'm the asshole. I I want my number one movie to be the only person. I want to be the only person who makes it their number one movie. That's, that's true. Just... And I guess what I think, <laughs> I think you might be. I don't know. I think I think this is gonna be my like outlier where it's like I don't really fuck with it, and I think most people like will fuck with this movie. You, you know what the part. thing is, also, and uh, not to delay going to spoiler no, zone. No, no. The the longer the longer I sit with. Oh first reformed the more i like it in retrospect so that could also happen to you i'm yeah i'm prepared for that as well you know 
Because even in reading, like, some of the positive review, like, you know, like, again, I'm, I'm going through the journey of just, like, people like this movie, like, why do they, like, you know, why do they fuck with it? Like, I want to know mm-hmm. why people fuck with this movie. And even, like, reading, like, the positive reviews and stuff, like, it doesn't cho- totally change, like, my feelings or perspectives, but it does highlight mm-hmm. the things that I already, because even in the beginning of, you know, I told you the things I like about the movie, which is many sure. and plentiful, you know? And, like, it highlights those things that the movie does do, and I do dig, like, I do dig those things, you know? But, uh, yeah, there's just, like, some core narrative elements that, like, I'm still, I'm trying to digest, I think, you know? I don't Dude, that's anymore, I'm... and I think I just ate, like, a bunch of prime rib, and I'm like, man, I don't fuck, <laughs> man, I don't fuck with this anymore. Dude, that's know? what I'm saying. My 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 scale is has become binary. It hits or it does not hit. It does not hit. That's it. Damn. Changed man. That's it. Oh. Well, fuck a five about, star. Uh, <laughs> it bangs? Or doo doo. It hits or it does not hit. That's it. Well, we're gonna talk about just what it means to hit and just what it means to not. Very soon in the spoiler zone. We'll be right back and we're gonna tell you who dies. And we're back with spoilies for the card counter. The card counter. Uh yeah, you like, so you like uh you like gambling, Robbie? Do I like gambling? Eh, yeah. it's not really. It, I, frankly, it's not you're, really. For are me. you a, are you a gambling man? I'm not really a gambling man. No, I don't really. Uh, I don't really get. I don't play too many card games. I'm not super into mm. cards. Um, I don't really gamble. I barely even buy scratch offs. So already, this movie has a a barrier to entry. Oh, and like first performed, where I've been a priest for a long time. So, right, sure. Yeah, it was yeah, easier. You did for me have to that relate, connection, relate to the, and I love Pepto. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we've we've re-upped on our whiskey here. I've joined the whiskey party. Yeah, you're on the whiskey here. party. I gave myself a little, a little, a little extra taste. Do you want to you want to plug this again? You want to give it a little, little yeah, review here? Yeah, so we're little... uh, we're drinking the Dennings Point Distillery Tracks Coffee Roasters collab Sumatra whiskey. Uh, it's very good. Um, very smooth, has a really, unlike other flavored, uh, spirits, this feels like a very natural blend of cold brew and whiskey. Uh, it's, it doesn't feel artificially flavored and that's because it is made with real Sumatra cold brew roasted locally at Trax Coffee Roasters. So suck on, suck on that. Damn, he, listen, I'm looking at Robbie right now. He's not reading copy or anything. That was just like from the, from the heart. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you he don't get, you don't see the teleprompter that I he have. He means but. it. No, well, I, I can see it in your eye. I know. I know the difference. The, the glimmer. I mean, I've worked at both establishments, and I can tell you that it's true. everyone's really nice and puts their heart and soul into that goop that you've, you put, shuffle into your yeah, fucking you've, mouth. Yeah, you've, you've shed your, your blood, sweat, and tears for both establishments. Blood, blood. I said blood. Blood, sweat, tears, pubic hairs. A little bit of cum. A little, a, bit of, a little bit of nut. Um, do you <laughs> think William, do you think do you think uh, Bill Tell would like this this beverage we've got here? No, I don't think he would because I think the coffee aspect of it would turn him off. No, I disagree. You think he would like it? So because he I drinks think, everything like neat, like Johnny Walker, neat Jack Daniels, neat. Well, it's Jack interesting. He, every ass, every but. time he he orders a he orders a different drink every single time. Did you notice that? But it's always whiskey, though, right? There's always whiskey or bourbon. Usually some sort of variety, but there's always like yeah. he always orders like a different drink every at every and then Will actually pointed this out that the the kid starts ordering different drinks every time as well. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, just a neat little wrinkle. But here's why I think he would like this. Hey man, I think that man fancies himself a coffee, but it's got to be the right coffee because remember he walks into that one uh, motel and well, she's like, do you, want, "Do you want a coffee?" And he's the like, right and coffee. His immediate question is like, how old is it? And then he looks at that pot. And he's like, no, I'm good. So yeah, he likes like, coffee. He will drink coffee. He will fuck only with the when it's good coffee. Or not even right. good coffee, but like not the bleakest coffee you've ever seen. Hey, that was the bleakest coffee I've ever seen. Um, which is uh, uh, congruent with the rest of this movie, which true. has pretty much the bleakest everything else you've ever seen. The bleakest everything else. Yeah, so now that we're in spoiler town, um, I think something we didn't really touch on too much. Uh, well, I mean, so an interesting jumping off point is like, you know, we talked about it towards the end of the spoiler free section, but the 
yeah, you know, he does a torture. He's really good at torturing. He's a part of all these yeah, this, U.S. This, torturers. This, this is what the movie's really kind of about. This so this speak. movie has nothing to do with counting cards. And maybe this is what so, you meant about, like, it not so one movie. So why are we calling it the card counter? And why is so, it there? Why is it there? Just so, as a vessel for him to do these things? So, no. Okay. For me, the card counting aspect of it and the former Abu Ghraib interrogator, let's say, if you're going to be kind, um, and then prison inmate has very much everything to do with what he's doing in these casinos. This casino is effectively an extension of prison for for Bill Tell. He is voluntarily putting himself in this circle, and he says this when later on Ty Sheridan's character says to him, like, it's kind of monotonous. You just kind of go around and around and around. And he says, yeah, or he, he says it's kind of the same thing every day. And, and, and Oscar Isaac's character, Bill Tell, says, yeah, you just kind of go round and round until you figure it out. Yeah. And this movie is about a man who has put himself in that cycle, trapped himself in that cycle, because he is still internalizing his own feelings about his history as an interrogator at Abu Ghraib. And he takes responsibility for those things, which is why he is voluntarily putting himself... He has the capability to be rich and to be sure. successful and to have everything he wants. But instead, he's essentially homeless. He lives motel to motel, which he wraps in sheets wherever he goes. I do like I do like that tick that he has. Yes. And like yeah. it's never like he never explains why he does that. He's just fucked up. Yeah. And that's and a like, good like I, that's a good like uh character trait that's like left ambiguous and I like that. Like that's, sure. that's the thing I really I do really enjoy about He is punishing that. himself. Mm-hmm. This lifestyle that he lives he is sustaining, and that's why he he is doing modest gambling. He likes anonymous gambling, as his character says. He's punishing himself, and this movie is about how he in Ty, he sees in Ty Sheridan's character a way to find retribution for what he has done. Yeah, and in in that he puts everything and he puts himself in a place that he does not want to be to help that kid and redeem that kid because he sees that as a way that he can find forgiveness in himself and when he loses that he reverts all the way back to punishing himself in the way that he just sticks himself back in prison that's why the card counting aspect of this and the former military prison interrogator war crime perpetrator that all works for me like perfectly it it jives perfectly because it is him processing that responsibility for his own actions and again like i think it's really interesting that ty ty sheridan's character is introduced kirk with a c his name is yes Kirk is introduced as someone who's like oh fuck them fuck the major it's his fault my dad just got put into like a bad situation and like it's the major's fault. So I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go give but him Oscar his Isaac fucking is just due. like, nah, we all fucked that shit up. Like, no, dude. Yeah, yeah. This is on all of us. And he is, he is, he is punishing himself this entire movie. Yeah. That's why it, it for me. And, and like you said, like I'm hitting it like right off the bat, but like you said in the spoiler free zone, like those two felt like two separate movies to you. For me, that that like that melded so well, and like yeah. there you got you've got also got Tiffany Haddish's character, who is the possibility of like a normal life or happiness that Oscar Isaac's character could have if he so chose to not punish himself anymore, and like when he go when he thinks that he has saved this kid's life by buying him out and sending him to see his mother. Then he finally goes and allows himself the small pleasure of like having his own life and having happiness and being connecting with another person. Yeah. But then as soon as he realizes that like he actually failed, 
with with Kirk, he reverts right back. Hmm. So it just it man, it just hit for me so good. It really nah, did. Nah. I mean, that's a good that's a good pitch, and that definitely connects the movies more so than I had previous. I do I do. And like, it's interesting because it's like, you know, the things you brought up are all like elements of the movie that I like understood separately. And then that was like kind of the issue is just like how they connect connect is is what I was having problems with. So, you know, I do, I, you know, now, now hearing you talk about it, like I can see how like playing cards and having card counting, you know, is this like extended version of like solitary confinement that he commits itself to i don't know it's all about the game solitaire i wonder if, if there's something there with that i was just thinking about that i don't know solitaire, well you do play it alone you play solitaire alone yeah solo sure solo, solo dolo yeah i don't know but, but that's, uh, again that's that's why it's so important that none of this none of the action that happens in the casinos or in the world series of poker is glamorized in any way because yeah. he doesn't he it's something and and every time he even even when he does that really i love the scene where he does the the best hand of poker he's ever seen he does yeah. that kind of like poker like that sort of like you know sleight of hand sort of like really entertaining kind of energetic moment like the the one time that there's like a little bit of energy in this movie is when he's showing him like the best hand of cards he's at poker he's ever seen he even says there like ty Sheridan says like how'd you do that and he's like practice i had a lot of fucking time on my hands yeah i just practiced it there's no glamour to this at all it is just a man dealing with his shit yeah and this is how he chose to deal with it did you find that uh william tell and lalinda had chemistry at all i did actually i did and 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 it's interesting that you brought that up too because like Tiffany Haddish's character, she, okay, Oscar Isaac is phenomenal in this movie. Like, he, you yes. said it before, he's fucking acting his dick off in this movie. He's doing yes. great. Yes. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish is far more, um, hmm. How do you? How do I say this? I don't know, man. I think I it liked, works. I, like I think Tiffany it works. Haddish. It like, works. I like her in like almost everything else I see her in. Yeah, you know, like it, I think it, she's great. It works, but she feels there's something about it that's just like you. It, it, it's not like you're flubbing these lines, but like something just doesn't feel right about well, it. You know, I think it's less. I think it's a little bit less on Tiffany Haddish. I think that her character is put in these situations yes. where she has to deal out a lot of she feels fake she feels fake yeah like she feels like she's like a she's like a placeholder placeholder for information she as the actress playing this character is doing the best that she can do with like having to explain things kind of (laughs) constantly sure so like for me like it's so yeah this is less of a knock on like tiffany haddish and more of just kind of like what her character is and like how it's situated in the movie where it's like you know you have this character explaining things and you have oscar isaac just fucking having you know just the chewiest shit to chew on afterwards mm. like as the rebuttal yeah. to everything she's saying so yeah it makes her seem oh a little God. like out of place in those moments you know <laughs> the line where where you know she asks him like oh have you ever seen a, a city lit up at night and he goes well i've seen a city on fire it's like that's the most fucking paul schrader line and that's the thing is like some of it is clumsy yeah, let's fuck that guy yeah it's clumsy like a hammer is clumsy yeah. But it's still effective, I think, you know? I guess I just, like, you know, didn't see their, like, you know, in, ta- in like, Taxi Driver when Robert Nero's, like, hitting up that girl and he's, like, obsessing about her and she gives him the time of day and you're just like, this is kind of weird that she gives him the time of day. But then he fucking is so weird. She's like, I don't actually fuck with you anymore. I don't want to do that. Mm. And I always really like, I always really like that moment. I think it's, like, something, like, movies even, like, uh, pastiches, like, the Joker, like, don't necessarily get right, like... Or they like go like way too hard where it's like it's an illusion. Um, sure. Like I I like I like seeing these characters that are like you know so weird and so like ingrained in this like toxic masculinity fallacy that like you know that a lot that you, you attribute think, a lot. Do of, you like, think like, Do you think Oscar Isaac's character has toxic masculinity? Do I think Oscar Isaac's character has toxic masculinity in this movie? Yeah, in this movie, not necessarily. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it's like abundantly prevalent. 
I haven't talked to Will Tell myself. But Travis, but, Travis Bickle does in Taxi think, yeah. Driver. A little bit, maybe, right? Yeah, I mean, he's like he like nice, he like he like nice guys. That girl in that movie, you know, he's like I mm. fucking I'm hitting you up all the time. I'm talking all the time. Why don't you give me the time of day? And he's like, let's go watch my favorite porno movie. And she's like, I don't really fuck <laughs> with you anymore. Yeah. I don't really fuck with you anymore. Whereas like in this it's, movie, like Oscar Isaac's so fucking weird, and Tiffany Haddish yeah. is just like, yo, you're mad good at poker. And then eventually they just hang out enough where it's like, I guess we fuck. A uh, dude. I didn't. Vibe I, with he, me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I give Tiffany Haddish a lot of credit for the scene where they're sitting at the bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill Tell looks at Lelinda and he goes, "I like you." And like you can see on her face, she's like she feels that way. She re- she reciprocates that feeling, yeah. And she she wears that. And he's like, "I like." And this then he and then he goes, we, "I like yeah. this friendship." And you can see like the color drain out of her face. Like she just was like everything like be- and it's be- you know he this dude is like not well adjusted. He's fucked, no. <laughs> but he is, and that's that's. That's that same anger that's like in Taxi Driver. That's like he's like building that anger throughout. It's the same here, but Bill Tell just has so much of a better like grip on yeah. that anger because he's spent he's already spent that time in prison where he's had to adjust himself to that and he's yeah. found like it's a very disciplined like he is like the the living embodiment of discipline. In this well, movie, he's he's interesting, and that makes it cool. He looks, yeah. he's, he, dude. I can't stress. I said, I know I said this before. Spoilers. He's so fucking. He's f- fucked. He's not a good. I don't know if he, whatever. It doesn't matter if he's a good person or not. He's fucking Oscar Isaac's so fucking cool. This he is movie, cool in this movie. Well, he's interesting when you look at you know when you do look at characters like uh, Ethan Hawke's character in First Reformed and Robert De Niro's character in Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. where they're about characters who become radicalized right yes whereas yeah. this is not necessarily th- that right like like this, this is no. not necessarily a character that not goes radicalized is if anything this is a no. character who's just kind who's trying to like fucking survive with his trauma he's, he's well, trying he's, to you know like even more trying than to make he's, amends he's trying to you know heal he's actively trying to unradicalize ty sheridan's character yeah mm-hmm. that's the whole point is like ty sheridan's character wants revenge on yeah on Willem Dafoe's character and his whole the everything he does in this movie is his entire motivation him trying to break this loop that he's in is finding retribution for his for this kid who he's like there is like a there is like a fatherly sort of bond that happens here like yeah. and I love I love that first scene um in the car between the two where like there's not a lot of like voiceover narration in this movie, and I'm glad there's not. Besides like the you know the, when he's the, journaling, the few moments, yeah. yeah, when he's journaling and stuff. That's it. But there is a moment when he's in the car and he's just like, "Who is this insolent little prick?" Yeah. I fucking love that line, dude. It's so mm. good. And and right before the kids like when he he puts on the music, which we need to, we're gonna have to address Abu Ghraib directly in a bit, but we'll say that for a moment. When Ty Sheridan's character puts on the music from like that, like the death metal, terrible metal. It's dude. The thing about that music is like, I think it works perfectly because usually when movies try to use like metal or hardcore, like as part of their soundtrack, it's corny. But this seems so intentionally like it's like the elevator version of like metal like in the way that like would be used to torture a person like it's just (laughs) it sucks it's like loud and crass but not in the way that's like metal can be good in the way it's loud and crass it just sounds like shit it's just like actively psychic damage because it's just lame kind of (laughs) um he's like if you had heard that shit or if you had been there you'd never want to listen to that or he makes him turn it off and he goes ty sharon goes what are you god like Jesus Christ! Yeah, Paul. Their their relationship but I love it, was, you know. Yeah, I mean, like their relationship was like, I I always like liked seeing them interact, but then like you know, I just felt like there were moments later in the movie where you see these three characters, the Linda, Kirk, and William Tell, all hanging out, and like I just mm-hmm. had trouble like kind of like totally vibing with their with their trio, you know. Like I had trouble sure. kind of being sold on like these characters still being together. And I'm not really sure why, like, I don't know why, like, and like, you know, I know by the end, like it's, it's really made clear 
why Will Tell and Kirk like are so symbiotic or like why Will keeps him along. And I really, I really like the scene where uh, Will like does like kind of like um, a pseudo torture. Like, you know, he's like setting up a torture to do to Kirk and he's like, go do that scene. And I think one of the best reveals I've seen in a movie in a long time is when he gets the text. I wish you were here. And it's right outside um, Mm -hmm. uh, Gordo's house. And I was like, that is fucking mm. cinema. That's some good mm. shit right there. Like that, I fucked. Like I fucked with. That's that. a tasty nugget, dude. That is good because stuff. And like, and, those... and again, like the ending scene, I also really fucked with. Like you know, there are plenty of yeah. things I fuck with with the movie. You know, those two scenes of will tell. You know, they have that moment in the casino at first where Kirk is like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can uh, go with you to Vegas." And Will Tells just like looks at him. He's like, you got a second? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like. I know it's uh, late. I know it's late, but you got a second? And he tells him. And like, I think this is maybe where it it, it hits even better the second time is because you know what's going to happen. Maybe you sense what's going to happen the first time anyway. But knowing what he's going to say, the way. Again, it's that seething anger that he has. I thought in the, you know, when watching the movie. And he like sits down, Kirk, and like you know, you, it, it, it's so unexpected. It's like, why is he doing this? This character, so you know, he's about to like kind of give him the golden opportunity to fucking make his life right now. I remember thinking like, oh, like maybe Kirk does see Will Tell as like culpable in all this, and he he's he's trying to like kill him too, and like Will's just like, you ain't gonna fucking kill me. And it would you know now by knowing how the movie ends and like what is really going, like what's really at play, that wouldn't make sense. But um, just like, you know, setting up this scene where you don't really know what Oscar Isaac's motivation is, because like, you know, you wouldn't have I, I didn't go into that being like, he's about to have a teaching, a teaching moment with this boy, you know. See, I, and again, I mean, maybe, maybe I have, I, I have like, the I have the, uh, the advantage that I've seen it twice. Sure. But to me, and, and maybe this becomes more calcified when you do see it a, a second time, every character's motivation is is so honest and so crystal clear from the beginning. Like Kirk tells Will what he wants to do from the start and he sticks to that. And he is, he's trapped in that in a way that like he, he has all this debt, but he does not really care about this debt because he knows he doesn't have a plan for after. Like he wants to kill the major he has no plans after. That's he it. knows that he either it's going to go wrong or he's going to wind up in prison or he's going to wind up dead. He doesn't really have a plan for that. And everything that that Oscar Isaac's character does in this movie is to pull Kirk out of that. Yeah. He, everything he does. And like when he goes into that torture moment, I mean, to me, it was a, a, an obvious thing that he's like, it's like, it's it's almost like he just, wanted to just pick him up by the scruff of his neck and be like, you insolent little fucking child. Yeah. Do you not see everything that I'm doing is for you so you can get out of this so you can have a better life and like go see your fucking mother, which is also a great line. Like when was the last time you got laid? When was the last time you saw your mother? Yeah. And then the promise like when you go see your mother, I'll get laid. And then the interrogation scene, which is so fucking intense. Like, it was funny. I watched it with our also mutual friend, Will. Will's mm. been sitting back the entire movie, like, in the chair. We we saw it in theater, theater three of story screen, so it was, it was cozy. Yeah. He's sitting back the entire movie, and then when it gets to that scene, he leans all the way forward. <laughs> like, hand, like shoulders on, or elbows on knees, like, all the way forward. <clears throat> and the scene, the scene ends, and he leans back, and he's like, I don't think I've I breathed the entire scene, dude. And I was like, yeah, man, I get that. And then you get the catharsis of him. <laughs> this is also good. Will was like, oh, man, is he about to go pipe down Tiffany Haddish now? And I just started <laughs> laughing because I knew. <laughs> and he does. And that's just such a moment of like pure catharsis of like he finally thinks he's found some amount of retribution. Yeah. I know that is what's happening. I guess in my in my moments of watching it, like it just felt so like not out of left field. Like you know they're banging. I'm just like yeah, they were gonna. They've been 
destined to bang from the beginning. But it just didn't, like, it, it just... Didn't hit. It didn't hit, yeah. I mean, the movie, the movie set, like, right, okay, the movie sets it yeah, up, dude. right? The movie, the movie puts the the stepping stones in place for it to happen like it does sure. it's due diligence just for me i was just like i'm not fucking sold on this relationship right if you now, do you if th- that's what was such a bummer for me about first reformed that's how i wanted to feel during first reformed and i didn't feel it it yeah. doesn't matter what amount of criticism you apply to a movie if you don't feel it you don't feel it and it doesn't matter if somebody yeah. tries to convince you after the fact if you don't feel it, you don't feel it. I want to feel... I want every movie that I see to fucking connect with me like this, which is why I appreciate it so much when something does, because it it yeah. is pretty rare for me that, like, I really, truly feel a certain type of way when yeah. I see a movie, and I'm so glad that this movie, like, hit me like that. So glad. Yeah, I've kind of had, like... Yeah, I've been thinking about, like, that. Like, you had a few movies that just didn't hit with you recently, and, like, I just watched the, the Nowhere In... The uh, St. Vincent like mm-hmm. movie with Carrie Brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I like, want to see that too. It's cool. Like, it's cool. Like, I like I thought it was very cool. It's very unique. Like, I really dug a lot of it, but I didn't walk away being like, "Yo, this movie fucking hits." I mean, I saw um, Small Engine Repair a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That movie fucking. That movie fucks. There was like one choice hit. they made at the end where like it, it, it was. I have come around on it since, but it was so just like intense of a choice i was just like i don't know how i fucking feel about this but but mm-hmm. like that movie did hit and it was like small engine repair fucking bangs that movie's so fucking That's cool man <laughs> it's yeah. so cool but like Dude, i did it's have awesome a few but, like, things hit. like it's cool but things it like uh i i was a little disappointed just by like you know n- uh nowhere end was really cool but like that that like in in theory that like you know i i like someone like me like i fuck with saint vincent a lot i like saint vincent and I like Carrie Brownstein. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Portlandia guy. So, like, this movie had all the, the Robbie sensibilities it should have. I, I, the only thing I've seen St. Vincent ever do is play Fortnite. Is that not the most embarrassing thing you've ever heard? That is the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard. You should listen to uh, her, uh, Abby, her. Abby her, Russell. She makes, Abby Russell. She makes Abby music. Russell <laughs> bullied St. Vincent into playing <clears throat> Fortnite with her. It's kind of a cool, like, internet story, but it's very niche. Oh, that does sound like a good video. <laughs> it's very niche. Yeah. Uh, I mean, St. Vincent is, like, super cool. And, like, the movie... But also, like, you know, in... Nowhere In is another movie where, you know, a few days removed, like, there are some things that really did stick with me. And, like, there are things about it that I do think about and that I do like now that I had more time to kind of mull it over. But in my moments, like, right after the movie and watching it, I was just like, yeah, it's just not really, like, vibing with me. And I can't really tell you why. Mm. Maybe Maybe I'm in a moment of great transition... Maybe just sometimes I'm not there for the movie. I don't know, but movies. Hey, man, I, there's still plenty of movies that I fuck. I fuck with. It's you know? it's also you know I say this a lot. Like you can only see a movie for the first time once. Yeah. And uh, your mood, your state of mind, your state of sobriety, all that can like affect how a movie hits for you. Yeah. I and just, if you don't catch it just right that first time, it sucks. I mean, I know that those are, like, real factors that come into play. But when I'm, like, watching something, I really try to, like... You give it your all. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah you well, meet I try it halfway. Meet, yeah, I try definitely. to meet yeah, the yeah, flick sure. for what it is. Like, you know, I really, I really try to put my own you know, That's the best you can aside. do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Card Counter... I think the thing about Card Counter that really just kind of, like, pushed me out was, like, that I didn't feel it's, like, connective tissue between its, like, two big narrative pillars... Sure. I didn't feel that at first. And like, you know, again, like talking about it now, like I feel like it's made for good talk radio. And I do, I do really like talking to someone. I was excited for this podcast because I knew you really dug it. So I was like, I was really excited to to talk to someone that really dug the movie because I would love, I wanted to come around on it. And even like, you know, I saw Nowhere In, like I talked to Mike about it afterwards and like, you know, hearing him, you know, any, you know, hearing him just talk about any movie he likes is always just like, fuck. He, you know, he likes all one movies. Of, that's one he of Mike's... always. He always has. He always is backed up. It's not bullshit. You know, he always has good shit to say about it. Well, that's one of the most beautiful things about Mike is that his barrier for something to hit or not, I think, is just lower. Yeah, yeah. He's there to meet. He really meets the movie. His like, heart is more open. Yeah, he's a nice and guy. bless him for that. Bless, bless him. him. Bless that sweet. Boy. I wish. I wish I had that. <laughs> Um, um, and, and maybe that's why, you know, it's a matter of taste, like something like this feels so, so like 
like Paul Schrader is like this is st- it, it is it, it's an it's a movie that's actively critical about like the United States right and sure. the things that the United States has done and Paul Schrader's mo for his last two movies especially first reformed and this movie feel like they're trying to kind of rub your nose in it a little bit and that and like we haven't talked at all about the um the uh uh USA guy the the kind of like rival oh, I, poker I, I player I fuck with that guy man he was cool um it's such a like that is like the most obvious like allegory of the whole movie is like you know Oscar Isaac's character William Tell's first impression of this guy is like that guy hasn't served a day in his fucking life. I want to take that American flag shirt and fucking shove it down his throat and pull it out of his asshole. Like that is like such a, that like blind patriotism yeah. is what this movie is like really trying Making to rub your nose in. Yeah. It, because it is a, like, it's like that is, and again, relating this back to first reform, like something like climate change, I think is a, a bit more of an obvious subject matter whereas the war crimes that the united states perpetuates and continues to perpetuate just kind of no one ever really talks about it no one ever really considers yeah. it maybe even people know about it but like a lot of people just don't prefer not to think about it and the way that this movie really is like we're not going to give you a choice but to think about it and now is probably a good time to bring up the scenes that actually take place in Abu Ghraib the way that that oh, like yeah. extreme fish eye I was and only honestly, disappointed that with is those probably... scenes a little bit because so the first one you see I'm like this is fucking sick this is so cool it's a nightmare the second it's one it's a nightmare and also, it's I probably like, a very tame version of what actually like what it actually was the, going on the, yeah even though it, it, it's portrayed as a nightmare in the movie it's a million times worse in real life. I the and only it's true. I had those things with, actually happen. Yeah, yeah. The only gripe I had with the the second time they do it is that you see Oscar Isaac in it. And so what I mean by that is like what I really like about the scene, how I interpreted it the first time they did it is just like it's like oh you're looking at it through his like eyes like it's literally through no he's his... in it he's in it in the first one too you he's see him in, in the first, first one, one as well. Oh, okay well yes. i guess i just like that interpretation i made up but um <laughs> but i thought like you know the way they do it it's like you know those two it's almost like a vr lens like those like it's two, a fish like, eye like fish extreme eyes. but, fish like, but eye, it's yeah. like two like put it like to warps each other out yeah, yeah, yeah and i was like yeah. i like the idea of that being like him walking around doing fucked up shit and him like trying to yeah. wrestle with that you know if anything, I do. Uh, I do like the scene. I mean, they're cool. That's like a very minimal. Great. Uh, I will sick. say. Yeah. I, I need to. I need to pass this along to Mike. I think he needs to crank the volume even higher than it is for that scene specifically. I think that. Know. I think that that scene should be uncomfortably loud. I think it yeah. should be physically uncomfortably you loud. Have give, you have to give him your notes. You know, you can't please everybody because sometimes people. Are like, I know, I know. And well, I'm also it's someone who cold. who subjects to who likes to subject myself to physically uncomfortable volumes of music. So you love pain. I can't I, blame. Well, you. you know, maybe that's why I love this movie so much because <laughs> you love pain. <laughs> this movie also. Lo- I mean, it's about a man who is who is yeah in in no uncertain terms punishing himself um i think the the final the the final like cli- the climax of the movie where he tortures gordo i think is like expert level cool like i think it is so yeah. cool the way that they do the the night to day transition the way that they don't show you what happens like it's all the sound just, effects like, expert style shit like really yeah. really just fucking cool stuff man i do like that yeah uh, I, I want to call out the the lack of music in a lot of scenes in this movie. Sure. A lot of the most intense scenes, like we talked about the scene where he like kind of, he tortures Kirk. Whether or not he touches him, he's torturing him. Yeah. And he says like, the you know, Gordo told me I need to be more creative. That was him being very creative and he tortured the shit out of that little yeah. boy. Um, no music that entire scene mm-hmm. and it just oh my god it seethes it seethes yeah. and then when there is music it, it is and uh and the, the that scene where he and gordo are are fighting which i think that's another important scene where he doesn't just uh 
torture Gordo, he they fight. He basically like, you know, they show it off screen, but like it's implied he puts his gun down and they just brawl it out. Oh, like, you think you think he, that's what's happening in that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. which is why he walks away and he's fucked up, fucked up beyond belief is because yeah. he is not what Ty Sheridan wanted I, to do. I thought that he he just tortured him so hard that he like fucked no. himself up in the process. No, because William Tell thinks he is as responsible as Major Gordo. I think that's a very important part of his character. Yeah. He is accepting the responsibility for this, which is why he says to him. You and I are going to go in that room. We're going to have a reenactment, and only one of us is going to make it out alive. He does not necessarily mean I'm the one who's going to make it out alive. Sure. He's saying, yeah, that's you true. and I that's are going true. to go in there and fight to the death, which is why yeah. when he comes out, like his finger is, which I is hate that a dude, fucked I hate that up shit. piece of like, yeah, dude, shit, it's so man. good. It's such a good little <laughs> bit of makeup is the way his like finger is dangling off. Yeah. And then he calls 911. And while he's like not holding his hand is that finger is just like flopping around a little yeah, bit. Just chilling. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. with that. Um, he is, he, he is, he is accepting responsibility for this and he is, this is his own, when he fails with Kirk, he can't, he can't can't have retribution anymore. Right. So he has to, that was his one shot of retribution. Right. So now he needs to get revenge for, for him killing Kirk. And yeah. also he, but, but he can't just like, even though he had him dead to rights. And I will say there has been many, many, many one-liners of someone saying, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Sure. Uh, I'm going to blast a bullet through your eye is a very good creative way to say, I'm going to shoot you in the it's face. A it's yeah. a good one. That's a good yeah. one. I'll yeah, give you that, good. Paul. I'll allow you. Uh, I've seen cities on fire for, I'll, I'm going to blast a bullet through your eye. That's, that was good. It's a fair trade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, well, yeah, it's been, uh, I, I enjoyed talking to you about this movie. I definitely think it has made me appreciate some of its more, Fire moment. I'm glad you saw it twice and you kind of were able to kind of be an expert on a lot of it, which is nice <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, I remember the details of this one better than most movies. And I will say two small things I want to shout out because I think they're really cool. Yeah. Uh, when they go to the uh, prison, they're visiting the prison and uh, Bill is like trying to tell Kirk to come into the prison with him. Another yeah. teachable moment. He yeah, says yeah. that specifically. And Kirk decides to be an insolent little child, as his character is, right. and not go in. When Bill gets out of the car, he says, park the car. That is the fucking baddest move to just get out of a car that you are driving and say to your passenger, you fucking park this. Yeah, figure it out. That's yeah. fucking hard as nails. Okay. And then when he goes back to his motel room and he sees that Kirk has been killed by the major and he leaves that motel room and he just because this shot i think is framed so well where you can see him go out to his car and get in his car and drive away but he just leaves the fucking door open and he just goes yeah and this is at the height of the fucking the finale where he like squares off against his mr usa rival in the world series of poker but that shit so does not matter that he just fucking leaves yeah Oh, dude. I kept being like, is he going to have time to come back? And then eventually he's like, no, nah, dude, he's, he does he's not give gone. a single shit. Well, keep he going does back not to, like, care. To them, like, getting rid of the chips and shit like that, too. You know, you're like, ah, he's that still in the not, game. Ma- and, and, yeah. and, and maybe that's where, it, like, you found it incongruous where, like, the part of the ca- card counter half of the movie, because the movie spends a lot of time in casinos with that card counter shit. Yeah. That does not matter to him. It's not the thing that's important. It's only a mask that he wears so that he can process his shit yeah yeah that's true interesting movie to discuss my number one of the year number one of the year jack i think i'm still trying to figure out what my number one of the year i have to look at my number two evangelion you're fucking thrice upon a time you're just a little fucking troll you know that 
It's a little troll, mm-hmm. a little troll boy. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen it, so you can't speak on that. You're right. Yeah, I haven't. F- I haven't try seen all, all four of those jelly. movies no. in one weekend and then get back to me. I um, am not interested. But something I am interested in is all the podcasts, articles, and reviews that StoryScreenBeacon.com has to offer. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many of those things I just mentioned. We also have a brick and mortar mom and pop movie theater that's also attached to a bar and lounge called wonder bar it's pretty cool it's pretty cool both the theater and the bar and lounge it's all great so you should check it out um we're not the only podcast on story screen check out other shit i feel like i said that like five times that we're not the only podcast on story screen but we're not the only podcast on story screen yeah we're not the only podcast there's so many other podcasts on story screen you can also sign up for a members only service five dollars a month gets you access to a whole bunch of more shit more podcasts we have podcasts about tony collette Oh, you yeah, thought I was going to say more stuff? you podcasting about Tony Collette for a minute, huh? I, no, no, no. I have been podcasting about Tony Collette. Mike has. Mike, Mike and, and Diana? Bernadette. Mike and Bernadette. Oh, Bernadette. Yeah, Mike and Bernadette yeah. talk about Tony Collette. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's killing them. But they might be coming yeah. around a turning point. I don't know. They, uh, they themselves are trapped in their own loop tra- of They're trapped in the, <laughs> the Groundhog's the Tony Day. Prison. The Tony Collette Groundhog's Day episode. Um. So yeah. So uh, sign up for all of our shit and get our shit. Check it out. Check it out. Go to Fandango to see our uh, show times if you're interested in going to the theater. And if you want to check out our backlog, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, iTunes podcast app. We're on uh, SoundCloud. We're we're, we're on the podcast. We're everywhere, man. We're fucking everywhere, dog. You like podcasts? Check it out. Check it out. You know, you already right. listened to it. Jack, thank you so much for joining me on this special episode. Thanks for having me, Robbie. Of course, and I will catch you all again next time on Hot Takes. So spicy. 